0: Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry and reach flip sets up first and goal at the. Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming. Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys B Podcast for July 5th, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to be going over the wide receiver room. We're going to be breaking it down. But before we get into the episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you may be, make sure to follow the show and leave a review as well. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. But without further ado, let's get into it. I want to go over the wide receiver room real quick. So it looks like the wide receivers they're going to keep are CD, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Simi Fioco Jalen Tolbert, and Kevonte Turpin. I think it's a pretty solid room to say the least. I think if Michael Gallup is your number three receiver and you have a number two receiver, the caliber of Brandon Cooks, I think that that's perfectly fine. Michael Gallup wasn't the same guy last season. We're going to get into him later on in the episode, but I think that even if Michael Gallup progresses just a little bit this next season. If he's your number three option, I think that you're in a good situation depending on who your number two is. And it just so happens that Brandon Cooks is their number two. So that's not a bad situation for the Cowboys at all. I remember last season, uh, I think it was my first podcast episode that I ever did. I've been inconsistent with the podcast, but we're going to start getting more consistent with them. Um, The one thing that I said going into last season was that I thought that the Cowboys wide receiver room could end up being a strength for them. I was wrong. I didn't say that at the beginning of the season, that it was going to be a strength for them just because of the personnel, but I looked at the potential of some of the guys that they had on the roster with Michael Gallup coming back from injury. Um, Maybe my expectations were too high for that room because again, that didn't end up being true. They ended up having to sign T Y Hilton late in the season. They talked about potentially signing Odell Beckham jr. And, you're not doing those things if you have a strong receiver room. You know, when you talk about because I thought that guys were going to exceed expectations. I thought that a guy like Jalen Talbot was going to come in. I loved his South Alabama tape, it was really good tape. And I thought that he was going to come in and take the league by storm. Didn't happen. I thought that James Washington was going to be a five, six hundred yard receiver. Didn't happen. Uh, I thought that Simi Fiocco was a guy that was going to take a a step forward. That didn't happen. I thought that Michael Gallup would be better than he was. That didn't happen. So a lot of things went wrong in the Cowboys wide receiver room that led them to the point to where it was a real weakness on this team. And they did as much as they could to try and cover up that weakness throughout the course of the season. But they go and they get Brandon Cooks in the offseason. And you know you hope that guys like Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fiocco can contribute in this offense next season let's talk about cd lamb the wide receiver number one on this football team so a few things that i want to go over real quick here is that cd lamb this past season didn't have an 100 plus yard game until week 10 against greenback you know i understand the circumstances cooper rush was his quarterback for five weeks of the season and there were a lot of games that cd had where he had 70 plus yard performances there was actually five of them prior to him breaking that 100-yard mark. There was a 97-yard game against the New York Giants, and I feel like once you hit 70 yards, you had a good game. So once Doc got back, C.D. Lamb went to a completely different level, and he started playing some really damn good football. He had 150 yards versus Green Bay, you know, and when you look at – Two of his better performances of the season, he had 120 yards versus Philadelphia. They really had no answer for him. And, you know, according to Philadelphia fans, they had the best defense ever last year. Um, yet, yet they will go ahead and call us delusional. But, you know, that's just it, it is what it is. You know, not the not the brightest fan base, to say the least. And then, uh, you know, he had 117 yards against the San Francisco 49ers, who were the best Uh, defense in football this last season there's this narrative that cd lamb is only a slot receiver that's all he is to try and discredit cd lamb and it's ridiculous for two reasons one it doesn't matter where you're lined up in the formation if you get 1300 yards you get 1300 yards it doesn't count any less if you're lined up in the slot two cd lamb played 46 percent of his snaps lined up out wide when you look at a guy who is truly a slot only receiver you're looking at a guy like Tyler Boyd who played 83% of his snaps lined up in the slot. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's untrue. And they're just saying this to try and discredit Ceedee Lamb. He's a really damn good receiver in this league. Look, He's a guy that you can move around the formation. That's called a versatile receiver. That's a good thing. It shouldn't be used to discredit CeeDee Lamb. Absolutely ridiculous. I had to let that one go because there's a there's a specific player on a certain team who does not watch film. And, and if he did watch film or paid attention to this specific football team, he would understand that CeeDee Lamb is a guy who lines up in the slot and out wide. He's not just a slot receiver. It was just ridiculous, and you guys know what I'm talking about as well. He's a receiver that can only run three routes because he's a truly limited receiver if we're actually going to go there. So, you know, I just wanted to get that off off my chest. He played 494 snaps lined up in the slot. So a majority, I wouldn't say majority, he played more snaps lined up in the slot than he did lined up out wide, but he played 523 snaps lined up out wide. That's not a slot-only receiver. That's a guy who can move around the formation. There is a difference. Okay. And there's a and, and when you look at it like this, who was the Cowboys' true slot receiver? This is why it's good to have a guy like CeeDee Lamb. And the, you know, it's good to have a guy like CeeDee Lamb who can move around the formation. Because when you don't have a true slot only receiver, if you have a versatile receiver, he can play slot as well. Oh man. Oh man. That just, it, it drives me up a wall. It drives me up a wall that people try and discredit CD Lamb by saying that he's only a slot receiver like yards count for any less when he's lined up in the slot. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. We need to get over this, this whole, this whole thing that, you know, it's bad to be a slot receiver or to play uh, uh more of your snaps in the slot. Okay. The yards don't count any less. And then there's another narrative out there that CeeDee Lamb isn't a number one receiver. CeeDee Lamb is absolutely a number one receiver. There are 32 number one wide receivers in the league. It's not a position on the field. More so, it's... Who gets targeted the most? Who's who's the most productive receiver on a specific team? That's your number one wide receiver. And if we're going to compare him with the other wide receiver number ones in this league, he's one of the better ones in the league. He's one of the top 10 number one wide receivers in the league. So this whole notion that he's not a number one wide receiver because he plays more in the slot than he does lined up out wide, he can play lined up out wide. Ask Jair Alexander about it. So, CeeDee Lamb is a number one receiver. What you look for in a number one receiver, he brings it. Is he a guy that draws double teams? Yes. Is he a guy that teams have to game plan for? Yes. Check, check, check. He's a number one receiver. We shouldn't be having this conversation anymore. Just, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm 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 like, literally, when I see some of these takes, I want to throw my phone out the freaking window. I want to throw my phone out the window when I see some of these takes because like, I, I I hate insulting people's knowledge about football, but they don't know football if, if they think that CeeDee Lamb's not a number one wide receiver and they don't respect what he brings to the table because this guy is a really damn good receiver. Um, you know. I, I think that I think that CeeDee Lamb is going to be a top five wide receiver in this league one day. Is it going to be by the end of this season? I don't know about that. But I can tell you this. I think by the end of next season, I think that he will be looked at as a top five receiver in the game. You know, the the progression that he made from year one to year two to year three, he's had a very nice progression. And he talked about it to Devontae Adams that he really likes where his game's at right now. I I 100% agree. I really like where CeeDee Lamb's game is right now. You know, the, the connection that him and Dak Prescott have, that's something special. And they're only going to grow that connection throughout the next few years here. I think that CeeDee Lamb is a guy who's going to have about 1,800 yards, potentially this upcoming season. I would say more so, I think that CeeDee Lamb's going to have about 1,600 yards and over 10 touchdowns this upcoming season. Because I think that Mike McCarthy is going to get the best out of CeeDee Lamb. Because Kellen Moore is a guy who did not get the best out of his players. And I still think that there is room to grow with CeeDee Lamb. And because Kellen Moore didn't get the best out of most of the players that he had on his offense, I don't think it's crazy to assume that he didn't get the best out of CeeDee Lamb. So I think that there's still room to grow. And I think that he, you know, he has a lot of potential. He really does. So my expectations for the season for CeeDee Lamb, I got him about 120 receptions, over 1,600 yards, and I'll go 12 touchdowns. So... Obviously, I'm very high on cd Let's talk about a new member of the Cowboys receiver room. His name is Brandon Cook. So a few things that I want to go over before we get into Brandon Cooks is that he is the same age as Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, and he's two years younger than DeAndre Hopkins. There's people out there that call this guy old and washed. There's no evidence to suggest that whatsoever. He had 700 yards in 13 games this past season. So if he would have played 17 games this past season, you're probably looking at, About 900 yards, a little over that, which by the way, if Brandon Cooks gives this team 900 yards this upcoming season, that's a win. That's a big win. When you consider what you had the year prior as your number two wide receiver, which was Noah Brown, I think he had a little over 500 yards this past season. If you can get 900 yards from your wide receiver number two. That's a big upgrade and you didn't really give up much to get that upgrade, right? You gave up a fifth and a sixth round pick on top of that. Yeah, you're paying them a little more than you would pay Noah Brown, but you're getting a better player out of the two. And, you know, Noah Brown, to me, I think got a lot of his production because he wasn't surrounded by much talent outside of him. You know, Michael Gallup was coming back from that ACL injury. He wasn't the same guy. And obviously you had CeeDee Lamb, but, you know, in terms of being that second guy on the roster, I think Noah Brown took advantage of a room that had potential, but didn't live up to its potential. And Noah Brown was the you know, the solid know what you're going to get type of guy in that room. He wasn't like solid, like he's, you know, a below average receiver. And when you're looking at wide receiver, number two, he's definitely one of the, you know, the worst wide receiver twos in the league from last season, you know, still a a player that can contribute on your football team, but he was just asked to do way too much. But if you're looking at Brandon cooks and you're saying you're going to give me 900 yards next or this upcoming season, I'm completely fine with that. You know, I expect more from Brandon Cooks, but it's still an upgrade from what you had. But, you know, expectations for Brandon Cooks going into this season, to me, I think his floor is about 900 yards if he plays 17 games. I think his ceiling's about 1,200 yards. I think it's very realistic that he can hit his ceiling this upcoming season. This would be a career high for him, but he's playing with a really damn good quarterback in Dak Prescott. He's playing alongside a really good wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb that's going to take attention off of him. So I think it's realistic to think that he can hit his ceiling. It's not like I'm putting an unrealistic expectation on him. And I think you know what to get, and you know what you're getting out of Brandon Cooks, and that's something that you know last year you didn't have in this room. You didn't have a guy that you know. You didn't have a guy last year that you knew what you were getting. You had Michael Gallup. If he was healthy and never tore his ACL, you knew what you were getting. You were getting a very good wide receiver number two. But he tore his ACL. He was coming off that injury. You didn't know what you were going to get. Jalen Tolbert, you didn't know what you were going to get from him or Simi Fiocco or any of these other guys that they brought in. You didn't know what you were going to get. So we know what we're getting from Brandon Cooks. If if he does have a little bit of a fall off, I don't think the fall off is going to be significant enough to say he's not a capable wide receiver number two. You know, like when you look at it again, like we talked about, you're upgrading the position. And, and I would take a Brandon Cooks that's at 80% over... A Noah Brown that was at a hundred percent, you know. So those are some things that we have to consider. Maybe you could even go lower with with Brandon Cooks to be honest with you. So, um, you know, he played nine seasons in the league, and in those nine seasons, he has six seasons with over a thousand yards. So this is a guy, you know, it, he's not he's not somebody that that'll get you fifteen hundred yards. I don't think he's necessarily a wide receiver one type of talent, like a good wide receiver one type of talent. But as a wide receiver number. Number two, sorry, I just burped there. Um, as a wide receiver, number two, you know, he, to me, is in that Brandon Ayuk territory. Like, I think that, he, I don't think he's as good at as Brandon Ayuk in this point of his career, but I think that's the type of receiver that you're getting on this team. He's a guy that is a very good route runner. He's a guy that can take the top off of a defense. And when you talk about a team who Mike McCarthy talked about wants to run the football, you, you do know that adding a deep threat to this team is actually going to help them run the football because when he's lined up on the field, they're going to have to take a linebacker out of that box and drop it back in coverage, you know, because this guy can legitimately take the top off of a defense. He runs a four three and he still runs a four three at the age of 29 because 29 is not that old. And when you, when you hear Brandon cooks talk about how he takes care of his body this is a guy that yeah, he's going to be a productive player on this team this upcoming season. It, regardless of his age, I mean he's 29's not old. 29's not old. And when you watch the tape like anybody who tells you he's a washed up receiver, please tell them, "Okay. Bring up the all 22. Show me the tape of him being a washed up receiver. Does he get in and out of his breaks fluent? Yes, he does. Can he stretch the field? Yes, he can do that." Can he still go up and make contested catches? Absolutely. You know, he's, he's a smaller receiver. I think he's about 5'10", but he plays like he's 6'3". All these things, check, check, check. You're getting a good player on your football team. So, you know, and, and one thing that I like about Brandon Cooks, we talked about versatility earlier with CeeDee Lamb. This is a guy that's versatile. He played 497 snaps lined up out wide, but when you line him up in the slot, he played about 156 snaps lined up in the slot. I actually expect that number to go up this upcoming season because you know, the Cowboys do like their receivers to be versatile. So, um, that's an underrated thing, uh, that, that you have to take into consideration. But here's the thing that not a lot of people are telling you. Brandon cooks is such a good addition for the Cowboys because of how well he fits in this room. He complements the room very well. If the Cowboys were to add Deandre Hopkins into this room, i Obviously, he's a very good player, but he's more of what they already have. They have plenty of X receivers on this roster, but you don't have that Z take the top off of a defense type of receiver that Brandon Cooks is. And I think because of that, he is actually a better fit in this offense than DeAndre Hopkins would be because are we trying to build a really good football team or are we trying to add talent? Now, granted... Those are kind of one in the same, adding talent and building a good football team, but not really because you can add talent that doesn't fit and now you're screwed, you know? So to me, Brandon Cooks is a really good receiver that fits this room. He compliments the other receivers in this room. And that was the best thing about this addition. Michael Gallup was not good last season. And look, he came off a really bad injury, that ACL tear. And when you hear people in the building talk about Michael Gallup, he came back from that injury premature. He sped up his recovery because he understood how thin the Cowboys were at receiver. And he wanted to be out there on the field. This guy is a warrior. He fought through injury throughout the course of the season. We need to respect Michael Gallup. He had a bad year. It is what it is put it in the past, and move on. Now, this is the year that we're going to have to look at Michael Gallup and be more critical about him because he is getting paid a a, a nice contract here. Granted, it was a team-friendly contract because he was coming off that ACL injury, but he's still getting a nice contract. So we're going to have to look at him through a critical lens this upcoming season, and that's what I plan on doing. Now, do I think that Michael Gallup is going to return to what he was? I'm not 100% sure about that. I'm not 100% sure that Michael Gallup returns to the player that he was. But I know that he'll be better than he was last year. And he knows that. He knows he didn't have a great year last year. And he understands that he has to be better. And I think that he will be better. Will it be to the extent in which he was in 2019? I don't see that happening. But you don't need Michael Gallup to be that good. You need Michael Gallup to be a lot better than he was last season, but not so much to the extent that this guy is putting up 1,100 yards in a season. You already have a number two wide receiver on your team that's legit, who can give you 1,000 plus yards. All we need Michael Gallup to do is be a number, a very solid number three receiver. He is our X receiver, so there is responsibility that comes along with that. But you know, overall, my expectations for Michael Gallup I'll say that Michael Gallup will get about 8 800 yards this upcoming season if he's able to stay healthy. I think the floor for him is about 600 yards. I think he probably would have gotten that last season if he were to be healthy for the first But did he come back? Did he come back week 3? So he did come back week 3. Okay, so he probably would have had about 500 yards last season. I I expect him to be better this upcoming season and I think his floor is about 600 yards, but I think his ceiling is he's a guy that can get over 1000 yards. That's his ceiling. That's if everything goes right. That's not saying that's my expectation. I'm just saying if everything goes right, Michael Gallup can get over a thousand yards. How do I know this? Because I've seen him do it in the past. But again, he is coming off that bad injury. So or he, he's a year removed from that bad injury. Really, uh, uh, what about a year and a half removed from that bad injury? But you know, Michael Gallup, I'm, I'm really hoping for the best for him because this guy's a warrior. I love Michael Gallup. I love his competitive fire, and and I hope that, you know, he can return back to form. Instead of doing a deep dive into Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fioca, let's talk about who I think will be the wide receiver number four on the Cowboys this upcoming season. Now, this could change throughout the course of the season. But we're talking about who we think on the depth chart day one is going to be. I think it's going to be Simi Fioca. I really do. He's been in that building longer. I think the Cowboys trust him a little more than Jalen Tolbert. I think he was further along in his progression last season than Jalen Tolbert was. I think that this is a guy that can come in, get you about 400 yards this upcoming season. I, I wish that would be Jalen Tolbert. That would be a massive step up if Jalen Tolbert can come in and give you that type of production. I know it might not be eye-popping numbers, but compared to what he did last year, he would be making a step forward. But I do think that Simi Fioko is probably the guy uh, you know, likely to get that position. Now, again, things change throughout the course of the season because if Jalen Tolbert goes in there And with his snaps, he's making the most out of them. And let's just say Simi isn't, just speaking hypothetically. Then, yeah, the guy who should get more snaps is Jalen Tolbert. And we're going to see this all play out throughout training camp and preseason. This is a very early prediction, so I could be completely wrong come opening day. But I think that right now, just from what I heard in OTAs and what you saw last season and even in the preseason last year, I think that Simi Fiocco is a little further along in his progression. But, you know, one thing that these guys share in common is that they're X receivers. I look at them as X receivers. So they're receivers that kind of do the same thing. Now, if you get a guy like Jalen Tolbert and let's just say, you know, now he's with Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy knows how to actually use this guy compared to Callum Moore, who we talked about earlier, does not get the most out of his players. Then maybe Jalen Tolbert can take a step forward. And honestly, I hope that the Cowboys just focus on him being a guy that's lined up out wide, contested catch guy down the field. That's the player that he is. Stop trying to turn him into a slot receiver. That's something that he's not. Okay, he's a big body physical receiver that can win on the line of scrimmage. Okay, he's a guy that makes contested catches down the field. Let him play that role. You know, obviously, you're not just going to run this guy on a go route every single time he's out there. You're going to have this guy try to be, you know, a a guy who can win with his route running as well. But understand what his game is. And once you understand what his game is and what he's good at, utilize that. Now, Simi Fiocco is another guy, contested catch guy down the field, but he's got really good speed to him as well. He's a very good athlete. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys handle this and if one of these guys can take that next step and really stake their claim as the fourth wide receiver on this team. Now, again, just like I talked about last year, I think that this room has a lot of potential just going past Michael Gallup I think that Jalen Tolbert, Semifioka. I think one of these guys will be a contributor in this offense this upcoming season. But to me, I look at these guys and I say, "Yo, if one of these receivers go down, can you come in and play and play well enough to keep us afloat throughout you know a short period of time?" That's something that I want to see from these guys. I'm not sure if, if either of these guys at the current moment are capable of doing that, but at least I want to see them get their chance. And I think if if they get their chance, one of these guys will break out. I want to talk about Kevontae Turpin. I think that they're going to keep at least six receivers on this team because I think that they look at Kevontae Turpin as a guy who could potentially contribute on offense, but he's their kick and punt returner. So I think that's why they're going to keep that spot open for him. But one thing that I'm very interested to see... Deuce Vaughn talked about returning punts. So my question, because we're going to talk about another guy who I think could be a player on this team. Um, If Jalen Marino Cropper can show in preseason that this guy is as good as I think he can be, because I think this guy could be a legit NFL starter in this league, a very effective slot receiver, a Tyler Boyd type of slot receiver. That's how good I think this guy can be. Uh, maybe not off the bat. I don't think that off the bat. But if you see that potential in Jalen Marino Cropper, you need to keep this guy on the team. So if if you think that he is a significantly better receiver than Kevante Turpin and you see that Deuce Vaughn is more than capable at returning kicks and returning punts, if you're going to keep six wide receivers on this team, you need to keep Jalen Marino Cropper if that's, if that's the decision between the two. Because if you're telling me, okay, who would you rather have? the guy that is going to return kicks and punts that we don't necessarily see much of a future in as a, you know, as a wide receiver, are we going to keep the guy who we think could potentially be a starting wide receiver in this league? You know, I'm going to take the guy who could potentially be a starting wide receiver in this upcoming uh, in this league. So that's the way I look at it. Now, it was discussed that Kevontae Turpin in the exit interviews was told that the reason why they didn't use him much in the offense is because he had a full season with the USFL prior to coming with the Cowboys. But, you know, I, I do think that even if they would have incorporated him in the offense, Kellen Moore does not get the most out of his players. So he would he would have been underutilized. So, you know, maybe it's good for... Kevontae Turpin, that they looked at him in that manner because you see Jalen Tolbert and how people, you know, have such a negative opinion on Jalen Tolbert because Kellen Moore did not know how to use this guy. So maybe it was for the better that Kevontae Turpin, um, you know, wasn't in incorporated in this offense. I now want to do a deeper dive into Jalen Marino Cropper. This is a guy, very good route runner, good release off the line of scrimmage, good hands. Very good focus as well. This is a guy who I think can be Tyler Boyd in the NFL. I really have that high of an opinion on this guy. He played with Jake Kaner at Fresno State. I think that Dak is going to love throwing the football to this guy. Dak has always done very good with pure slot receivers. Look at a guy like Randall Cobb when he played with Dallas. Look at Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley to this day still talks about how much he loved playing with Dak Prescott and how productive he was playing out of the slot, playing with Dak Prescott. He he likes throwing to his guys in the slot, and I think that Jalen Marino Cropper is a guy who can be a big-time, I wouldn't say big-time player in this league, but yeah, a Tyler Boyd type, which if if you're telling me that you can get a Tyler Boyd type as an undrafted free agent, that's a success. That's a big-time success. Um, this guy's a gamer, man. He he has competitive fire in him that you just don't see from many uh, you know young kids coming into the league. There are so many highlight plays that this guy made at Fresno State, but not only the highlight plays. This guy is a nuanced receiver as well. I don't know how he went on drafted. And there was a report out there that the Cowboys—well, actually, I think Doc Prescott talked about it, so it's not even a report— it's coming right from Dak Prescott. He said that they sent him uh, some tape of certain receivers to watch in case they were going to draft a receiver. So there's a very high possibility that Dak Prescott signed off on the Cowboys signing uh, Jalen Marino Cropper. And he, I think he, he really liked what he saw from Jalen Moreno Cropper. He's a guy he can dominate the middle of the field if you need him to. Um, and I also think that he has some potential uh, to line up out wide as well. So, you know, a a comparison that I would make, and I don't think, you know, obviously I'm just saying this because, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd is another guy I talked about, but I'm just, I'm just saying this, not saying that he's going to be this guy, but if I had to compare his game in college to anybody in the NFL, it'd be Stefan Diggs, very good route runner, separates well at the top of the route, Uh, very good hands as well. We talked about it, you know, earlier in this segment here. But yeah, I'm I'm high on Jalen Moreno Cropper, and I think that he's going to make the Cowboys make a very difficult decision. And I talked about it. If Jalen Moreno Cropper can be a guy, I think that there's going to be a decision to be made of: Are we going to carry seven receivers? Are we going to carry six receivers? Say goodbye to Turpin and let Deuce Vaughn uh, be the kick and punt returner. Patrick Nosey Walker talked about it on Skywalker uh, Skywalker Steel Show with uh, A to Z. He talked about that. Kevontae Turpin has a spot on this team to completely forget about the Cowboys potentially releasing Kevontae Turpin. I think that if Jalen Moreno-Cropper can be as good as I think he can be, and he shows it in training camp and preseason, they're going to have a very difficult decision on their hands. Because it's either going to be keep seven wide receivers or let go of Kevontae Turpin. Which I'm all for. Like, I'm all for. Because I don't necessarily see the upside with Kevontae Turpin as, you know, a wide receiver in this offense. I don't even know how good he is as a kick and punt returner. I mean, you saw in that San Francisco game, he should have returned that kick for a touchdown. Everybody was, you know, excited because he he brought it 50, 60 yards and I was excited too. But man, he could add a touchdown. The offense couldn't get anything going. So if you're not going to be one, if you're not going to be the best kick and punt returner in the league, and that's all you're going to do. I, I don't necessarily have a spot on this roster for you. I would rather have a guy that I look at and say, I think he could be the next Tower Boyd than a guy that I just look at. And it's like, Might, maybe he'll be able to contribute in the offense and he's good on special teams. He's not great. Like he's a good kick returner. He's not a great kick returner. Are you going to waste this, a spot on your roster for a good kick returner? Me personally, I wouldn't go about the business of doing that. Let's go into our last segment of the episode here. By the way, there are fireworks going off. I have no idea what people are doing. It is damn near 12 o'clock. Okay. I understand. We love the country. We love July 4th, but come on now. You know, I'm trying to record a podcast and go to sleep. I don't need to hear fireworks in the background. I digress though. I do believe it was the right move to move on from Amari Cooper. Let me explain what I mean. It was the right move to move on from Amari Cooper because ultimately he was a progress stopper for CeeDee Lamb. But the Cowboys executed this trade very poorly. And the reason why I say this is because, while yes, it was the right move to move on from Amari Cooper, you still had to replace him with an adequate replacement. Because to me, CeeDee Lamb was the replacement for Amari Cooper. You needed to replace what CeeDee Lamb brought to your team. You needed to get a legit wide receiver two in this room. And they thought it was going to be Michael Gallup, but they ended up being wrong. So, you know, it's not the most popular opinion to say that it was right for moving on from Amari Cooper, but I mean, like, when you look at Amari Cooper and some of the reports that have come out about the guy, you know, you go back to that week seven, or what was it, 16, week six, 16? Yeah, I think it was week 16 in 2019 where they had that play on the goal line where Amari Cooper wasn't in. You know, like, Amari Cooper missed practice A lot of times because of that foot injury that he was dealing with. And if you're not able to be in practice for when they're practicing their goal line plays, they can't put you in in the game because you weren't there to practice it. So there were a lot of things that went on throughout that Amari Cooper situation that ended up ultimately being the reason why the Cowboys decided to move on from the guy. And I still don't think it was the wrong move. But it was the wrong move to not replace him with somebody who was adequate, who was at least a good wide receiver. You know, because in that room, even if you want to look and say, well, we believe that Michael Gallup could have been the number two wide receiver on on this team. Okay, you still needed to find another good wide receiver for your team. They thought it was going to be Jalen Tolbert. It wasn't that. So, It was the right idea because ultimately you wanted CD lamb to blossom into that number one wide receiver that he eventually ended up blossoming into, but it was poorly executed because the Cowboys ran into receiver problems and they ran into receiver problems because they made the wrong decisions on certain guys. And again, it wasn't the decision to move on from Amari Cooper. It was the decision not to bring in a guy who is legit. Like a guy like Juju Smith Schuster, you know, like not an amazing wide receiver, but a a definitely good replacement, you know, an an adequate replacement at the very least. But that's going to be it for the episode though, guys. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video if you could. I would greatly appreciate that. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, please make sure to leave a review and follow the show as well. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see you you next next time time on on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.